and welcome back to the Employer Insights Ireland podcast with me, James Campbell. Today, we are talking about auto-enrollment. What is that? Well, auto-enrollment is the commonly used term for what is more specifically the introduction for the first time in Ireland of a mandatory retirement savings system. It's going to be a significant event. It's going to impact nearly all employers in some way, some of them considerably. And employers are going to have to understand what that means for their businesses and their employees, because as I'm sure we'll get into later, it's perhaps not quite as straightforward as it first appears. So with me to talk about all of this, I'm delighted to have as my guest today, Katrina McGuinness. Katrina is Mercer's Head of DC and Private Wealth and one of our auto enrollment experts here at Mercer. So Katrina, welcome to you. Thanks, James. Uh, uh, delighted to be on the podcast, my first ever podcast. Very exciting. Um, and look, I'm looking forward to helping demystify auto-enrollment uh, a little bit for our listeners. Yeah, great. I, I mean, yes, because I mean, I think it does need demystifying, um, maybe because of the length of time it's taken to, to get to where we are now uh, and for meaningful progress to be made by the government in, in, in introducing auto-enrollment. A lot of employers might be forgiven for maybe putting auto-enrollment on the back burner a bit, putting it into more of a, I'll worry about that when the time comes category. But um, as I'm sure we'll we'll find out, there are, there are a few really important decisions that employers are going to have to make. And before they can do that, obviously, they're going to have to understand what it means. Um, we're, of course, not the first country to do auto-enrollment. There are mandatory pension systems elsewhere in the world, many of which uh, have been extremely successful and increasing pension saving. Um, and at Mercer, we've always been very supportive of certainly the concept of auto-enrollment. It's it's clearly a, a good thing for people to be saving for retirement. Anyway, infamously, we still don't have a start date. So maybe can I ask you first, Katrina, where are things right now? What's the status of auto-enrollment? When do you think we can expect it? Yeah, so look, the next key milestone for auto-enrollment is for an auto-enrollment bill to be published. This was expected during the summer or before the summer break uh, of, of the Arctis, but it is now expected that this will arrive later this year, so into the autumn sitting. Um, government is very clearly telling employers that they should be planning and budgeting for auto-enrollment on the basis that it will be in place by the second half of 2024. So look, the reality is whether it arrives exactly then remains to be seen. There still is a lot of work that government has to do before its introduction. And, and to be fair to government, the speed of the work that's being done in preparation for auto-enrollment has really ramped up recently. Um, but at the same time, I would caution that there is still an awful lot more that has to be done before it goes live. But the reality is that 2024 really isn't very long time away. So, uh, you know, and, and, but, and many employers start budgeting for uh, and doing budget planning a long time in advance. Assuming auto-enrollment does arrive in 2024, this is an issue that will need to be looked at and considered now. And indeed, we're working with many of our clients at the moment already on helping them plan and budget for the upcoming actions that they're going to have to take under auto-enrollment. And they are doing that. You're right. And that, and that is good. But at the same time, obviously, there, there are many employers out there, um, particularly smaller to medium-sized business, businesses, perhaps, that, that know very little about this still. Um, and this might seem a really obvious question, Katrina, what, what in fact is auto-enrollment? Maybe give us the, the kind of the one minute cliff notes rundown of, of what every employer probably needs to know 
Yeah, no problem. And I'll, I'll come to that in one second. I would say, yes, there, I don't think there is full public understanding of water enrolment and what it is. Um, the government and the department are planning to do a marketing campaign to support that with more information being provided. But yes, there is a bit of a gap at the moment. But look back to your question. Auto enrolment is a new mandatory retirement saving system. Um, I would say employees will still be able to opt out if they want at certain points. So it's actually what we would officially call a soft mandatory system. In terms of its key features, um, any employer that has an employee who's aged between 23 and 60 and who earns 20,000 euro or more annually will have to be enrolled into pension savings. So then there'll be mandatory contribution rates that will apply. For, so for the first three years, these rates start quite low. Both employers and employees will have to contribute at one and a half percent of an employee's gross earnings up to a salary level of 80,000 euro. But then there will be phased increases in those rates over the first 10 years of auto enrolment to get to a, a position after year 10, where those rates of both employee and employer contributions will reach 6%. So I, I said that all employees will have to be enrolled in pension savings, but essentially this is going to work in two ways. Employers will have the choice of using a newly established state-run central savings system or they can use a separate occupational pension plan. And of course, there's hundreds of employers in Ireland that already have in place an occupational pension plan. So that's the first key decision that'll have to be considered by employers. Mm. So the net's being thrown pretty widely there. I don't think there are going to be many employees and employers are actually going to escape that net. As it were. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you on that, James. And and there's there's still some questions outstanding about outstanding about that eligibility. So there was a proposal that that lower age limit will be removed to go down to age sixteen. So so it may even expand further once we get the legislation through. But but yes, the net is pretty wide. Um. Yeah, I suppose we'll have to wait and see on that. And and maybe the government's sort of maybe banking on people's inertia possibly having an effect in the sense that once you're in it'll probably actually be quite difficult to leave unless you're really paying close attention to the to the windows during which you can opt out. And that's if you're an employee, because obviously, obviously employers can't opt out of this. Yeah, look, absolutely. And the power of inertia is really the magic of auto-enrollment. The, the reality is you provide people with the option that they can opt out, but they tend not to. And that really has a transformational impact over time on re retirement readiness across our population. One important feature of auto enrolment to say is that if people do decide to opt out, after two years, they'll be swept back into the system and re-enrolled anyway. So they'll have to consistently opt out if they really are going to continue not to be in the system. And and yeah, this in, inertia is really what causes people to, to really engage with retirement savings on a passive basis. And there's no doubt that the introduction of auto enrolment is going to result in a massive increase in the numbers of retirement savings in Ireland. Goes back to your first point, we've always been very supportive of the introduction of auto enrolment and believe it can have a transformation impact on, on our retirement readiness. But look, whether we get up to the 800,000 new savers that the government is targeting remains to be seen. But I, I think it will make a major difference uh, on the retirement market in Ireland. Mm. Okay, so in terms of what we know currently, then the, the state is going to set up this new body called the Central Processing Agency. And that body is then going to run the central auto-enrollment system into which um, every eligible employee is going to be enrolled unless, as you said, the employer decides to use a qualifying pension plan instead. So maybe tell us a little bit more about the general process that, you know, the role of the CPA, what can we expect will happen on day one 
of auto enrollment. Yeah, so look, when the new regime begins, the Central Processing Agency will be checking employee data based on information that's already held by the revenue commissioners. And this is obviously reported to the revenue by employers. It'll check to see if the employee's gross remuneration exceeds €5,000 in the first 13-week period from the commencement of auto-enrollment. And, and crucially, it will also check to see if any pension contributions are currently being paid by or in respect of the employee into a pension plan. So if the employee's earnings meet that threshold that's in place, they will be deemed to be in scope. And the CPA, the Central Processing Agency, will send the employer or their payroll provider an auto-enrollment payroll notification. So it's very similar to the revenue payroll notification process that employers will be used to currently, where the revenue notifies them of the correct tax information that has to be applied to employee pay. The auto-enrollment payroll notification will then confirm the rate at which both the employer and the employee have to pay pension contributions. So that's essentially how the central system will work in, in terms of interaction with revenue and employers regarding contributions. Okay, so you said that there won't be a payroll notification issued by the CPA where the employee is already paying pension contributions or, or where the, the employee is having pension contributions paid in respect to them. That, yes, that's correct. At the moment, the government is saying that if pension contributions are being paid to a pension plan, then they, these, these individuals won't be automatically enrolled into the central system. Okay, so that's, that's quite an important point, isn't it? Because it, it means that before this whole process even begins, so before the CPA even starts checking employee data and then issuing these payroll notifications, employers are going to have to kind of get ahead of this and think about the decisions and the options that they have, um, because once auto-enrollment starts, they they only then have this maximum 13-week window to make those decisions. Is that right? Which obviously isn't a very long time. Yeah, no, that is right. And it goes back to the point uh, you're making about the importance of pre-planning. And, and in fact, when we look at the experience in the UK, the one thing that people say after the introduction of auto-enrollment, what they wished they'd done differently was more planning and thinking about it mm. uh, further in advance. So look, as we see it, the first thing that employers will need to have to think about is what approach they want to use to meet their auto-enrollment obligations. And as we said at the beginning, it has to be either the central system or a pension plan. Um, and I think the answer to that question is probably going to have to involve assessing whether the employees they have who aren't already in a pension plan and contributing to it are going to be better off in the central system or, or, or not. And, and that analysis has to be done on an individual basis. The second question is, if employers do choose to use a pension plan, they will need to look at the options that they have with regards to contribution structures in that plan, and also think about any changes they might need to make to the plan to accommodate the approach that they want to take to meet the requirements of auto-enrollment. Okay, so maybe let's park that second question for now. I'm kind of interested in the first question, which is central system or pension plan. And maybe I'll ask you the million-dollar follow-up question. What do you think? Are employees going to be better off? in the central system or not? Yeah, look, based on what we know so far, uh, our very strong view in Mercer is that a qualifying pension plan will be, for most employers, a better total retirement benefit solution than the state system. And look, there are a number of reasons for this. And, and I think it is a, a, a quite clear 
quite clear advantages that are in place for existing plans. Firstly, pension plans will have a much better range of benefits and options available than under the state system. The obvious ones are the things like the ability to make additional voluntary contributions, flexibility around what kind of contribution structures you can use, and the wider range of investment fund choices for employers, uh, and also the option to provide debt and service benefits. So none of these things can be done under the central system. Uh, and look, apparently the department are looking into the AVC point and that will be addressed in future. But when auto enrollment goes live, the contribution rate will be one and a half employer, one and a half employee with no ability to put anything else into that, uh, at least at the additional stage. Secondly, I, I do think that providing two pension options for employees in parallel uh, could be confusing, possibly disruptive, and I think it will bring additional complexities to employers to be able to administer that and also to communicate to their employees uh, about the difference between both uh, and managed employees' uh, communications. Thirdly, the truth is that the central system is very rigid in its design. There just is no scope at all for an employer to adapt it, even if they wanted to. Um, and lastly, and perhaps this is the most important point, our analysis shows that employees who earn around €40,000 a year are going to be financially better off in a pension plan. And that becomes even more true for employees who earn in excess of that. And that's because of the difference in tax treatment between the two systems. Pension plans will continue to be eligible for full tax relief on contributions at the marginal employee's marginal tax rate, whereas under the central system, the tax relief won't apply, but instead will be replaced by an additional state contribution. So once you go over that salary level of €40,000, the, the central system isn't providing the same tax benefit as you can get within an occupational pension scheme. So that, that, that really is a key difference that will drive better outcomes for individuals. Yeah. Okay, so those are those are quite compelling arguments. I suppose that last that last point you make there in it being particularly so. Um, but I guess even despite that, right, are there still going to be employers who who will see the state system as a, as probably the much more straightforward option, um, irrespective of what their employees are earning. Yeah, there will, and and maybe even not even just the most straightforward. Some will see it as a better option. So I I, I think mm. the qualifying pension plan will be best for most employers, but not for all employers. Um, and there will be some employers that, that the central system will simply be better. That's like examples will be employers with only a handful of employees, or maybe employers who employ predominantly people on variable hours contracts, or for a shorter period, perhaps seasonal workers. So if you're bringing in a lot of people over the summer every year, just for a number of months, you know, bringing them into the central system and meeting requirements in that way may be better than having to bring them into your occupational pension scheme and effectively having them there for forever within the plan when they've only worked for a number of months over one summer. So, yeah, the, these types of employers who do have more of a transitory workforce may be better off using the central system. Um, but where the employment relationship is more permanent, contracts are for longer periods, and especially for salary levels over €40,000, look, we, we think the pension a pensions plan is going to be the far better option uh, to provide. Okay, so I guess that what I'm hearing from that is employers are going to have to look at which option is better at, at an early stage. Um, so let's talk, just talk about costs, right? So clearly this is going to increase costs uh, for, for a lot of employers. And as you said earlier, the government is already currently telling employers to, to plan and budget for a 2024 commencement. So assuming it arrives in 2024, 
then there will be immediate cost implications for, for employers. So in terms of understanding that, how do you think employers need to go about assessing um, kind of immediate and potentially longer term cost impacts? So yeah, yeah, James, look, that is a good question because there are going to be additional cost implications and that's going to be driven primarily by um, paying contributions for employees who aren't already in a pension scheme. So what employers need to do is firstly identify all of those in scope employees who are currently not contributing to their pension. Um, it's also going to be driven by the contribution rate options that an employer decides to use. Many employers will, of course, decide to track the minimum rates that will apply under the central system. And that basically means ensuring that they are meeting a, a no worse off requirement. Other employers may want to include the in-scope employees in the, cent in, in the pension plan on the plan's existing uh, entry level rates. Uh, and, and these could be higher than the current auto-enrollment minimums and really depend on each employer. Also, a really important point for employers to understand, and, and James, I'm kind of laughing as I say this because we have talked about this topic uh, ad nauseum in our, in our work on auto-enrollment, yeah. but the central auto-enrollment system will calculate contributions by reference to gross earnings up to the overall cap of €80,000 a year. But the reality is the vast majority of pension plans in Ireland don't do that. They, they calculate contributions by reference to basic salary only. So that means they exclude all other elements of remuneration, like bonuses, allowance, or any other fluctuating elements. And really that key difference really, really complicates matters. So when you're assessing cost implications, you have to take this into account. It doesn't mean that you have to pay contributions in your pension plan based on gross remuneration, but it does mean that the rates you pay have to be no worse off on a comparative basis. So to understand your immediate and longer term costs, you need to understand your gross earnings position. Okay, okay. So that's an important point then to just reiterate. So auto-enrollment bases contributions on gross earnings, whereas the existing occupational pension system predominantly uses basic salary. So there will be um, so that you will have to factor that into your your cost planning. So that's so that's immediate costs <clears throat> for those employees who aren't already in a pension plan. So that's mopping up all the people who are kind of immediately in scope. But then, what about how costs might increase over time? Because obviously the contribution rates are starting low in in the first few years of auto enrollment. But that's not going to remain the case. They will be increased on a phased basis over the first ten years. Maybe talk through that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. When we look at the impact in year one across kind of the average clients or across the clients that we work with, the biggest impact is coming from bringing those people who are outside the pension plan into the pension plan. But yes, as you say, whereas that's the the, the key issue in the first year, in the first number of years, as time goes on, those contribution rates will increase incrementally. And as that happens, more and more employees are going to be brought into scope. So an example of this is a pension plan that currently might pay an employer or an employee contributions of 5% of basic salary. They're probably going to be okay for the first few years. But but at some point, uh, when, when the auto-enrollment rate goes higher, their, their rates will need to increase. 
So lots of employers are doing this cost analysis currently, and it's something that, look, we would strongly recommend uh, employers undertaking, um, not, not least because they are currently entering budget seizing. And look, if auto enrolment does arrive in 2024, as the government are saying, then allocations will need to be made in company budgets for, for those costs that will be, will be taken on by bringing people into the plan in 2024. So, of course, more prudent and forward-looking employers will be looking into their costs beyond the first year and understanding kind of the evolution of costs over over the medium term as those employee the the, the employer and employee costs uh, contributions to auto enrollment rise over time okay so, so that's cost planning clearly um that's a good idea not least because as you say we're entering into budget season now many employers are are, are looking at this and probably will need to make some kind of allowance in budgets for 2024 and, and that's going to be relevant, whatever route you go down, whether the, you know the central system uh, or, or your own pension plan. So if if employers are doing as you recommend, then and then using the pension plan as their auto enrolment vehicle, what do they need to do? What kind of impacts might there be on the pension plan? Yeah, look, the biggest gap will be where an employer has a pension plan already, but the plan is voluntary. And the reality is the days of voluntary pension plans are essentially now over. The, the second point is in relation to how you meet the auto enrollment minimum obligations in your pension plan. And there'll be a number of options available in terms of how the plan can be designed to do that. What the government are saying right now is that when auto enrollment commences, there will only be a check to see if there are active contributions going into a pension plan or, or PRSA for or on behalf of the employee. Once they have the resources to do so in future, they will then be able to start checking to ensure that employees who've been included in the pension plans are no worse off than they would have been in the central system in retirement savings term. And, and well, yeah, what do they mean by this? Basically, if the pension scheme they are in is not building the same level of retirement savings in net terms, then that pension plan will not be acceptable as a qualifying auto-enrolled vehicle. So over time, we also know that pension schemes are going to have to meet certain minimum standards in order to be used as an auto-enrolled vehicle. But unfortunately, those standards are not going to be introduced immediately. We're expecting the government to consult on this after the central system is established and is up and running. So we will get more guidance, but unfortunately, that will be at a later stage than, than the point at which employers are going to have to really make allowances and, and deal with the concept of auto enrollment. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not especially satisfactory, I suppose, either for employees. I mean, even though as you were saying earlier, there are strong arguments for using your pension plan. At the, at the same time, employees right now still don't know yet what these you know, minimum standards are going to be in order for that plan to meet, um, to, 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 to be a qualifying pension plan. Um, the minimum standards will arrive in due course. What Can you sort of give a best guess as to what kind of things we might expect? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I, I suppose in due course isn't soon like I, I think it's no. talking about a number of years after the 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 introduction of the system so it's not something that will be coming a number of months later in terms of what the minimum standards would say look it is very difficult to say uh, and unfortunately with this podcast people can listen back in future <laughs> however to give my best uh, you know guess of it at the moment I suppose if you work off the no worse off principle 
We can expect pension plans to have to incorporate a number of the main design elements of the central system. And, and these includes areas such as the opt-out provisions, a mechanism to re-enroll people who've previously opted out, um, possibly changes in fund choices, and maybe even a requirement that all pension plans will have to assess contributions by reference to gross earnings rather than basic pay. Yeah, and that, I mean, that last point in particular would be particularly um, what would be a particular fundamental change in the way that occupational pension plans are run now yeah and 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 it is an area that we have we have flagged to government is a challenge like it's one thing to set up a new system and start with a blank piece of paper and put in place requirements and and bring people into that but i think the challenge is the central system has to work alongside occupational pension schemes and it's very hard to see that link on those two areas like one area is that you could have a formulaic relationship between basic salary and gross earnings and and if that was possible and something we've we've spoken to government about having that kind of formulaic assumption with regard to the gap between both of those it would make it significantly easier for employers rather than having the the need to make sure nobody is worse off in something that's continually changing yeah, and you'd like to think that that's something they are going to look at because all along they have been banging the drum for how easy and straightforward this new mandatory retirement savings system is going to be. And yet, for many, many, many years in Ireland, we've had a perfectly uh, well-functioning occupational pension plan system, and they are now going to have to live alongside each other, as you say. Yeah, yeah, and and I suppose it is that challenge of the, you know, if you can put a formula in place that provides that relationship. So on the difference in taxation, yes, it's probably possible to put in a formula that brings you, you know, to uh, uh, allow, make sure nobody is worse off, but on the gross versus basic, because it does change on an ongoing basis for a lot of employees, that's really where the biggest challenge is. And what really complicates it, if you have an existing uh, pension scheme, using basic earnings like most plans are just on the on the existing pension scheme there so obviously there's a you know a standalone trust uh, that that most employers will be familiar with but but at the same time here in Ireland we also have a growing number of um employers who use master trust so can you could you use a master trust for uh, as an AE vehicle uh, as well yeah look from what we know so far any occupational pension plan or PRSA can be used as a pension vehicle. So that's going to include any plan that's set up under a master trust structure or a standalone trust. Uh, and, and look, master trust is an area we've spoken about uh, an awful lot and it's gotten gained a lot of prominence over the last number of years in Ireland. But yes, that's our expectation that that, that master trust will be an appropriate vehicle for, for many employers to meet the requirements of, of auto-enrolment. Yeah, and I suppose... To, to reiterate the point, employers who do have master trust plans are still going to have to go through this process to ascertain what's the best route for them um, you know, and, and their employees. It's, it's not something that, for example, the master trust is going to be doing for them. Is that right? Yeah, look, look the, the the master trust will be able to accommodate employers' approach on auto-enrolment, but a decision with regard to the approach on auto-enrolment is an employer decision. Um, so yeah, yeah, it will be it will be possible to 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 implement that approach via a master trust. Okay, okay. All right. So listen, just before we wrap this up, then um one final question, and, and you did allude to this earlier on. I just want to ask you about employee communications. Right. So what we know 
is that at some point soon, the government's going to be undertaking um, probably a quite significant public communications exercise in relation to water enrollment. But the reality is they're going to be focused almost entirely on their new state-run central system. Um, and no doubt, as I say, the government's going to be expounding on, on how easy all of this is going to be. But one of the key things I think I'm taking from the conversation today is that actually employers do need to be aware that they do have potentially better options other than just letting their employees be enrolled into the state system. And then the other issue, of course, is I guess it's it's inevitable that many employees might put some pressure on their employers to, to let them go into that central system. That's going to be important, isn't it? Yeah, look, and I, I think managing communications properly on autumn enrollment is really going to be very important, particularly for employers. Um, but before any of that happens, yes, employers need to decide on what they want to do. Uh, and then it's about communicating that decision and in particular communicating the specific benefits of uh, that decision to employees. I think the government are very keen to say how easy and straightforward auto enrollment is. And of course, that's true if you just allow your employees to be swept into the central system. But for all the reasons we've been discussing, we think a pension plan is a better option. Um, and But that doesn't mean it's the least complicated option to implement or indeed from an employee perspective to understand. So if, if you ignore the pension plan option, it's conceivable that in time employees will realise that they may have been better off outside the central system. Um, and then you've got a potential employee relations issue in your hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting times ahead, I guess, on, on, on all fronts. Um, but ultimately, you know, employers are going to be concerned about making sure that their employees have the, you know, the best opportunity to save for their retirement. I think, Katrina, hearing everything here, I can say with full confidence, this is only the tip of the iceberg, really, in relation to, to what's coming on auto enrollment. There's, there's obviously a lot more to come. It's a massive topic. We've really only just scratched the surface today. But that said, I think we do know enough already at this stage to be recommending to employers that they do some meaningful planning. Uh, that's certainly what I would be urging uh, our listeners to do. Make sure you understand what's coming. Make sure you know what your options are. Make sure you know what the cost impacts might be, both now and potentially further into the future. Uh, and really what I'm taking away from today is there's no room for employers to be complacent. Katrina, thank you so much for your input today. Yeah, no, um, thanks, James. And it was great to be involved and talk through and kind of, I guess, give people an insight into what we talk about on an ongoing basis. And I think just going back to the very beginning, we are hugely supportive of water enrollment. We think it'll make a big difference to the Irish population. And I think the other positive of it is that people are going to be talking about pensions. It's going to become much more of a mainstream topic of conversation. I think we'll in increase engagement and overall bring yeah pensions to the fore of people's thinking and planning for their retirement. So I think it is a, you know, a, a great Great to see progress happening on auto-enrollment, but yes, I think employers need to start thinking about it and really planning for it with all the issues that we've discussed in mind. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. Well, listen, thanks again to you. Uh, and listen, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, and until next time on Employer Insights Ireland for Katrina and for myself, thank you and uh, goodbye. 
If you would like to find out more about the topics discussed today, please visit our website at mercer.com IE or email us directly at marketing.island at mercer.com.